The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. Those who are blind receive their sight. Those who are lame walk. Those with leprosy are cleansed. Those who are deaf hear. The dead are raised and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out in the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you. And more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has risen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the dominion of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. This is Joy Sunday. But when you follow the 24-hour news stream that comes our way every day of the year, it is hard not to be discouraged. It's hard to stay upbeat and to experience what this day brings to us. If you're like me, you want to stay informed of the suffering and the injustice. You don't want to grow indifferent to the real-life struggles that people face every day. And that is the biggest reason why I stay tuned, because I want to hear about those things so that I'm a part of it and that I can respond in some way. But if you're like me, hearing those truths day in and day out through the news stream that we get, it can start to weigh heavy on your heart. It was refreshing, therefore, to read a newspaper column last week by Michael Gerson about Advent spirituality. He wrote, This is the time of the Christian year dedicated to expectant longing. God, we are assured, is at work in the world. Evil and conflict are real, but not ultimate. It sounded more like a sermon than an op-ed piece. And then in the most poignant part of his reflections, Gerson wrote, it is possible, of course, that our deepest longings are actually cruel jokes of nature. But it is also possible and rational that our longings are hints of a reality beyond nature. And so Gerson says, this leaves every human being with a choice between despair and longing. And he adds, both are reasonable responses to a great mystery. That last part about the choice between despair and longing seemed especially meaningful for me when I put Gerson's column beside the gospel lesson that we just heard. It's an unlikely text to read on Joy Sunday, 
when we have first that beautiful reading from Isaiah and then Mary's hopeful song in Luke. But then this story of John the Baptist languishing in a jail cell and it just doesn't seem joyful at all. More than anything else, it seems that life has taken John a long way from that time when he leapt for joy in his mother's womb. That joy was still there, we imagine, when John got people all stirred up to welcome the coming of God's Messiah. But now, John is starting to question everything. He doesn't know now if he was right. Now he isn't sure if Jesus truly is the one who will bring the reign of God near. It makes me wonder what kind of news John was hearing if all in the jail cell every day. If John had been hearing good news about what Jesus was doing, along with all of the other things he heard, he might have had a different disposition. Instead, the impression we get is that John's news stream has been all about the violence and the brokenness in the world around him. Sitting in his jail cell, he must have wondered if change was actually happening anywhere. He must have wondered if the Romans were in fact invincible, as they said. He must have wondered if the rich and the powerful would continue to do as they please. If the selfish ambitions that they had would always win the day. What John had announced before his imprisonment is the coming of a new era that will turn a sick and a broken world into a place of healing, into a place of wholeness. And he staked his life and reputation on the hopeful promise that deeds of mercy and compassion would actually flourish again and that love would win the day. But now we see a prophet who questions his own prophecy. If any of these things were happening, John wasn't hearing about them. So John sends disciples to Jesus to ask, are you really the one who is to come? Or should we be waiting and watching for someone else? I can see why many readers of the story at this point would interpret this as despair for John. As Michael Gerson says, that would be a reasonable response. But to me, it seems a lot more like longing. The question itself that John brings to Jesus seems to come from a heart that is longing for some shred of good news that isn't being told to him. I don't think John has lost hope. He just needs some evidence that God is indeed active in the world in ways that he had envisioned. And Jesus' response to John's question is really one of my favorite passages in all of the Gospel of Matthew. To begin with, I love the way that Jesus understands John and what he needs most at that point. He understands that John is in a vulnerable place and that John needs, first of all, to be affirmed and to be lifted up, to remember his calling and his identity 
rather than judged for his questioning. And Jesus does that in such a beautiful way. But Jesus also understands that John needs to hear things that he is not hearing. He needs to know that good things truly are happening. He needs to know that healing is taking place, that deeds of mercy and compassion are being done. John needs to know that the reign of God's love and justice is actually breaking in to everyday life for so many people. So Jesus says, go and tell John what you hear and see. Tell him that the blind are receiving their sight and the lame are walking. Tell him that lepers are being cleansed, the deaf are hearing, that dead are being raised up and that the poor have good news proclaimed to them. What struck me most as I read those words this last week is how relevant they are for all of us too who long for hopeful stories of God's work in the world. Once in a while, those stories will come from the 24-hour news feed in network or print media. But I hear Jesus saying to all of us, don't wait for that to happen. Instead, go and tell the stories yourselves. When you see or hear anything that's evidence of the love and the justice of God, the healing of God taking place in the world, tell about it, Jesus is saying to us. As often as you can, to as many people as possible, because that too is truth that needs to be heard. When you see acts of kindness, deeds of mercy, share those with other people. When you see the goodness of God in others, when you hear about grace being shown or forgiveness being shared, when you witness care and compassion or when you experience any of this yourself, when your spirits are raised by the gifts shared with you, tell that news to those around you because we are all longing to hear it. In the language of Christian faith, this is what we call evangelism. Contrary to assumptions about evangelism in our country today, it is not blind allegiance to a political agenda or coercion to get other people to our way of believing. Evangelism is simply sharing good news, the good news of God's love for all creation in Jesus Christ and what God is doing in the world. Evangelism is telling the stories of what God is doing to bless and to heal and to overturn the suffering and the injustice that we hear about every single day in the news. Last week when I asked our congregation's leadership team to tell stories of where they see God at work in the world, it was everything from the macro to the, to the micro. Our church council president spoke about the long arc of history that does in fact bend towards justice and is doing that for many oppressed people, even if we don't see that every day. Our vice president told about the unselfishness and the generosity that he is seeing in volunteers 
who are working to build homes for habitat for humanity in our city. Our treasurer spoke with gratitude about the love of God that he sees in his own children and grandchildren. When you leave worship today, you'll see a large whiteboard just out in the narthex where you can add one or more of your own testimonies to what God is doing in the world that you see and hear. There are markers there for you to do that, and we can all then in some way celebrate that. But more importantly, you can go and tell your neighbors what you hear and see. If a newspaper columnist can share it publicly, so can every one of us in this time of the Christian year that is dedicated to expectant longing, as Gerson says. He reminds us that evil and conflict are real, but they are not ultimate. God, we are assured, is at work in the world. And God's promised reign is breaking in, even now in this holy moment. Thanks be to God. Amen. If you have prayer cards, please hold them up and the ushers will gather.